by the end of the workshop, we were all basically disclosing. I mean, the majority of, of the rooms were always like victims of sexual abuse. And it was to my complete shock. I, I had no idea how much women needed this. I mean, for many, if not all, it had been the first time that these women were sharing about these experiences. Welcome y bienvenidos to About Consent, the podcast that sparks conversations about creating consent culture, boundary repair, sexual empowerment, orgasm equality, and raising a new sexually conscious and consent-empowered generation. This is a safe, shame-free, judgment-free zone where both survivors and those who support survivors are welcome. I'm your host, Rosalia Rivera. So I am thrilled to have Diana Diaz here with me today to share the projects that she's working on, to talk about the importance of the work that she is sharing with the world, that she's putting out in the world. I think it's so important. And I know you're going to love everything that she is doing. So I'm really excited to have you here, Diana. Welcome. Thank you, Amiga. I am excited to be here. I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, I wanted to share a really quick story on how I ended up finding out about you. And you probably don't know this, um, <laughs> I but I follow Melissa Carnegie, who is the founder of Sex Positive Families. And in her Instagram stories, I saw that she had done a talk at Raw Talks, which you know, is, is your platform. Mm -hmm. And that is how I ended up finding out about your platform. And I started looking into what you do, what the platform is all about, your projects, and really fell in love with everything about it, the mission and uh, how you are, you know, creating such amazing events for your community. And then I started learning about you through We All Grow, which was a second mm -hmm. connection, which I thought, okay, we're meant to somehow connect. Uh, yes. I have a really big space in my heart for what you're doing. And mm -hmm. so I was really happy that we ended up connecting in other ways, which we'll talk about later. Um, mm -hmm. But so I, I knew that I had to bring you on the show to, first of all, talk about RAW, right? The mm -hmm. Real Authentic Women Wellness nonprofit that you founded and mm -hmm. to um, share it with the audience because I think that, you know, it has been growing and evolving and the, the work that you're doing is just amazing. So for everyone here who's listening, can you uh, tell us what RAW is? Yes. So Rosalia, before anything, that is an incredible story. And no, I did not know that. And I do believe that these, that we're creating little ripples of connections. Every time we connect with someone, you have no idea who else is listening and is craving to connect with you. So I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, obviously Melissa became such a dear friend who I know you've had on the show and it's amazing how we can all be in different parts of the world and still be very much connected. So mm -hmm. it makes me really happy to know that we are all sort of working towards our passion in, in different ways. So for those that don't know, RAW stands for Real Authentic Women. Wellness is a nonprofit that I started about three years ago now with a mission to enhance women's mental, physical, sexual, spiritual health. And the last pillar is connecting women to their life's purpose. So 
it really was inspired. It started with like my own experiences of just going through anxiety in, in a family dynamic in the Latino culture where certain things were just not talked about. In my case, obviously like mental health, it was just not talked about. I experienced my first anxiety attack in college, we're talking about several years ago now, back in 2011, but that was the beginning of sort of like this new like shift in my life. Um, and and obviously, I, it was a difficult time, but I did the healing, I did the the work, um, and it never, you know, there it sort of sparked this sort of like interest in like, hmm, I learned a lot. What do I have to do with this now? Like it's almost like I I learned so much. So like later down the road, you know, as I'm finishing grad school and as a side note, in a completely different career path, there was like this nudge in the back of my mind, like I'm supposed to do something with that. Like I've learned so much that I felt like, I don't know, like a sense of responsibility to share what I had learned, but I didn't know how that eventually evolved into this idea that like, you know what, I want to create a, a, a space, spaces where we could talk about you know, the tough stuff, uh, simply because obviously I had a difficult time talking about when I wanted to get help and, and the whole idea of therapy was just really, it was much harder to get the help because I was dealing with like the family dynamics. Mm. Had it had, you know, they been more supportive about like around things like therapy would have been so much easier. Mm -hmm. But of course, years down the road, you know, it, it evolved into this idea and the idea of raw, without getting too technical, because this could be hours long conversation, but but it started before I had children. So that's important to note because initially the idea of raw was different. It was almost like more like professional development type of work. But the idea of raw went on hold after I had my kids. I got married and and everything happened so quickly. I mean, talk about life transitions. And I became a mom and I had a very difficult time. Uh, side note, I'm a mom of twins. So just imagine what like twin newborns might, mm -hmm. might look like. And, you know, I understand like everyone has different experiences. I had a beautiful pregnancy, a beautiful delivery. But like the first year of their, you know, first year, it was just, when they were born, it was just chaos, Rosalia. Like, I mean, I was sleep deprived. I was, I felt so much pressure culturally around doing things as a mom, like breastfeeding when literally my body could not breastfeed for the love of God. I could not. So there was like this now layer of guilt and mm. shame around not having a body that like functioned properly. Mm. Um, so that it, it took me into a very dark place around that time. So magic, like couple sleep deprivation with like immense guilt and shame around not being able to breastfeed, like all these different layers, I definitely experienced some postpartum depression. And so now my kids, you know, obviously it did get better. Um, they eventually, you know, started growing. It was not necessarily easier, but maybe I started getting the hang of it, I'd like to think. <clears throat> of course, I had so much help from my family and also my uh, my husband's family initially. Um, nevertheless, it was difficult. 
And it wasn't until my kids turned one that the idea resurfaced, sort of like, okay, I think either one, I need some intellectual like conversations mm-hmm. in my life. Um, but it really was like, I was ready to sort of look at this idea of raw, but now with a more comprehensive lens, like now mm-hmm. as a mom and a woman, I'm like, you know what, we go through so much shit. Like, <laughs> yes. can, can I create something where we can talk about the tough stuff? So now, you know, obviously like the mental health piece, but also the sexual health piece, because I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you and I feel very comfortable sharing this in your platform, but it really was, my daughter had turned my daughter and son, but you know, my daughter looks exactly like me. So I do- she turned one and there was some triggering that happened that brought me back to a childhood sexual trauma that I have that I'm still working through and I'm still healing and not ready where you know, I'm able to fully talk about it, but know that it was sort of like that trigger that I, something told me that like, I have to do something about creating dialogue around mm-hmm. these tough topics and yes, for the most part, we have five pillars, but really, culturally speaking, I wanted to talk about mental and sexual health in a positive and productive way. So really, I started it like literally one day in my kitchen. Uh, I, you know, I, I reactivated the, the website do, uh, domain because I had it for all these, for a couple of years before that. And I never turned turned back. You know, I, it was sort of like this idea that I'm like, okay, let me see what I can do. And and Instagram and and I just started putting pieces together of what I my vision would look like and very slowly began to work towards you know the first launch event and you know in three years down the road I, I could not possibly have imagined all the impact that we've been able to have and we will continue to have but it's mm-hmm. that in a nutshell is like how raw came to be and why I'm super passionate about creating dialogue is specifically around the tough topics. Yeah. The tough topics. That's like anything taboo. Like we, you know, in these three years we've had, you know, so raw is the name of the nonprofit, but we are known for our raw talks, which yes, is, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Too. So yeah. think of like, you know, for people that don't really know, like, okay, think of like a Ted talk, but for women's health and wellness, but really to talk about the things that we really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we do it in a very, so even the presentation styles, there's a very, very unique raw talk, like curriculum, I guess, if you, if you, if I can say that, like there's expectations for our speakers to sort of stay within a time frame because we are, we embrace this sort of idea of like impactful talks, mm-hmm. like that short, but really impactful conversations. That's what we, we do. But yeah, that's really how it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, there was a couple of things I wanted to to point out about what you were saying because I think that you know when we have children, you're right. You know, and I saw that I saw your recent talk about your experience, your postpartum experience, mm-hmm. and it was really powerful because uh, you, you know again, it's not something that we are we openly discuss because there's so much vulnerability about what we expected to happen, but maybe didn't happen. And then how we end up feeling about it because we compare ourselves, you know, to what we believe is the norm. Um, so I think having, being able to have spaces for these kinds of conversations is so important and specifically the taboo topics that you talk about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, obviously being able to have dialogues around 
sexual health, sexuality, sexual empowerment are so necessary when mm-hmm. the numbers that uh, of women that have had some kind of trauma in their lives uh, you know, are, are so high. And, you know, we talked about this before the show, the, the, mm-hmm. the numbers are not really reflecting, you know, the statistics that are put out there do not reflect the real numbers. And so mm-hmm. one of the most powerful things I believe of, you know, organizations like yours is that they create these safe spaces to have these conversations where women would not normally feel safe to talk about it. Right. And I think that that's why mm-hmm. the numbers statistically on the outsider so low because people women don't feel safe to talk about them so i love that you create these kinds of safe spaces and and is that part of raw's mission is to have these kinds of spaces where anything that is taboo is on the table and can be talked about and what is the impact that you've seen from being able to create those spaces like what are you seeing in the trenches Mm -hmm. you know so to speak oh my god So I think, I mean, there's so many things I can say to that because, you know, if I'm really frank with you, when I went into this, it was, it did start as like a healing journey for myself, you know, that obviously was inspired by my own experiences and my own curiosity. What I was not perhaps prepared to to know is that by creating these really safe and comfortable spaces, it, it's, it's conducive for conversation. And, and I kid you not, like the more I, I started to do these like workshops, because we do raw talks, but in between we'll do smaller, more intimate workshops where, you know, we, we talk about a variety of things. Um, but I realized that by the end of the workshop, and, and it happened many, many times, by the end of the workshop, we were all basically disclosing. I mean, the majority of of the rooms were always like victims of sexual abuse. And it was to my complete shock. I I had no idea how much women needed this. I mean, for, for many, for many, if not all, it had been the first time that these women were sharing about these experiences. Now, like from, an organizing standpoint, I initially was not prepared for that because, you know, you see the stats and you're like, sure, it's an, it's a, it's important. It's an important topic, but I did not realize how much of a need and how much these stats do not represent the actual like situation. So I'm sure communities differ throughout, but I would argue that there are so many women who are living in, in complete silence and and suffering in silence for that matter. And so I have found that the more we talk about these things, the less power we give it. Um, I'm not saying go on stage and share your complete you know, story. Like that's not necessarily what you have to do, but beginning to, I, I do think there's an incredible power in sharing, uh, not keeping it inside you. So whether that is sharing it, sharing it at some, to some degree, with an intimate friend, a therapist. Sometimes it's easier to share with strangers. Um, and, and that was the case in, in our situations is that we were all strangers. And so suddenly we all had a lot in common, which was mm. extremely frightening and also very comforting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there is incredible power when you start sort of releasing it out. It's no longer inside. Um, yeah. But it, it's, 
it was like a natural sort of progression of, of our work. And I realized, whoa, like we need to, we need to do this more. So yes, it's absolutely something that we want to continue to do because we know that for a lot. Of, and, and I know because a lot of these women come back and say, you know what, like that was the beginning of, of my healing journey. So yes, mm-hmm. it's I definitely that. something that, that we want to continue to do. This episode is brought to you by Consent Parenting, my online platform for survivor parents to learn how to keep their kids safe from abuse. Did you know that children of survivor parents have a five times higher chance of being abused because survivor parents don't know or learn the tools needed to prevent abuse? They tend to overprotect instead of empower and prepare. You can change the statistics by becoming an educated parent. Get started by downloading my free guide, Seven Ways to Teach Your Kids About Body Safety, Boundaries, and Consent by going to aboutconsent.com forward slash guide. The link will be in the show notes to get your free copy today. Now let's get back to the show. Well, then that, that makes me curious of the speakers that, you, that you've had, because how many, how many events have you had now? So we just had our fifth like our main raw talks, we've had five, which is, we just had Dari Luna and Ana Flores, which, you know, was incredible. Mm. So at each, at each raw talk, we have two raw talk speakers. So, so it, do the math. <laughs> yeah, we've had, we've had a few. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, and that's powerful because I mean, when I saw Melissa's, I mean, and I didn't see the talk, but I saw that she was at your event um, and was one of the speakers. I know that you know Melissa talks about you know sex positive families and why it's important for parents to be able mm-hmm. to educate and be open with their children about sexual mm-hmm. health and sexuality. I imagine that one of the topics that that came up from that was trauma, in particular mm-hmm. with sexuality. Um, is that is there always a, a different theme within the raw talks, like, or do, do you focus uh, on all aspects within the event? Like, because I think that when one person openly talks about it, it gives everyone else the permission, in a sense, right, to feel like right. they've one connected and two can then share. So, is that something that is is weaved into all of the events, or is it like specific to a to a presenter? <clears throat> it depends. So. We really try to listen to what the community needs. Mm-hmm. We have ideas based because we have a board of directors. It's a small group of very strong female leads that we come together and we're like, we kind of share what have you been listening? And, you know, we all have circles of influence. So we come together and normally we go into a planning session with ideas of like, okay, what are you listening? What are you, what is like something that you can continue to listen about that you would like? you know, mm-hmm. and so we kind of put it on the table. However, we have five pillars in our mission and we do our best to alternate, like, okay. you know, at least cover a couple, like we've, it's been five raw talks and we've finally touched on our final pillar, which was spiritual health. Mm-hmm. We kind of try to alternate, like we try to, okay, let's say like right now we've covered all our five. So now we kind of, it makes sense to start of start over pillar, and yeah with like the beginning, like mental or physical health and kind of go around the room and say, what, what now can we do it? Like a different take on it, different angle on like physical health, but let's talk about physical health, but the things that are not being discussed. So Mm. it's almost like 
we, we always go based on our pillars. We go based on what the, the community needs. For example, like when Melissa came, it was around the time that we were meeting with these women that I'm telling you that I'm like, oh my God, we have to talk about this. Like I cannot do another event if we don't bring in someone who can speak to just different ways we can uh, cope and, and process this stuff. And sure enough, she came in. It was incredible. I didn't, it was, I didn't know. I never know when it comes to sexual, uh, you know, health topics, sexual abuse topics. I never know how people will take it. So we always try to prep where people can give, you know, write their questions on paper. So it can be completely anonymous. To my surprise, it's been the topics around these more tougher that women actually have felt safe enough to like raise their hand. Mm -hmm. So it, it's been Dang. like, that's been a, a super cool thing because I thought actually, cause we've had harder times to like have people like raise their hands around like less intense topics. Mm-hmm. But for that one, I, people were raising their hands left and right. And mm-hmm. for people outside looking in, you know, they may think, okay, what do you guys talk about? Like, what do you, it, we've talked about any, I mean, it can go anything from like really like orgasms, female porn to Hey, I'm a mom. I'm raising my daughter. I was abused, but like now I feel like I'm being super like overprotective. Like how can I deal with that? So literally these are questions that were super valid and like, yeah, oh my God. And I realized nowhere, nowhere else could they have asked these questions, not even in their doctor's office. Cause truthfully, some of them are not comfortable sharing it, you know, yeah. um, because they, they're fearing, oh, now it's going to go on my medical record or now it's, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions around that. So we feel like we create this sort of middle ground space where like we are removing a lot of the intimidation out of the way so that it's just initiating. We're, that's all we're doing. We're initiating dialogue that wasn't there before. And that's yeah, another thing because I mean, you, I think that, and this kind of helps bring us to that next point that I wanted to talk to you about is people being able to share their story right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, when we talk about how it's impacted your, the people that attend your events, it's really now they can open up about it in a way that they didn't believe that they could before. And you realized the power of that mm-hmm. through this journey of these events mm-hmm. and, and these, this program. Tell me a little bit about how these women now being able to open up has changed their lives and what has that opened up for you? Oh my God, so much. I've been, it's been such a blessing and I'm so grateful because it's almost like I, I thank my past self for having the courage to start even me sharing some of this stuff. And really I went into this, you know, there's obviously we all have different layers to our lives and our stories. Like, so we're all walking with numerous amounts of stories. When I first started raw, I truthfully had no intention of sharing some parts of me that I, I have now. Mm. I went into it really just wanting to heal myself. And as I've gone along, the same women who have confided in me, their, 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 their deepest parts of their lives have given me courage to, to sort of be the pioneer, like lead the way for these women, because I realized, you know what, I think I can do this. Like I, I think I'm at a point where I can lead the way. So a lot of it has been, you know what? You all have given me courage. I, <laughs> I, I have gained the courage from like the people that I have like served in the community. And it's not the other way around. Like it's really, I've learned so much from them that now I've 
taken upon myself to really act like, Hey, if you, it's, I have to sort of like break that mold and just say, you know what, we can talk about this. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy, Rosalia, because honestly, obviously like one of the first stories I shared was my anxiety story and how, how that all sort of turned out. It wasn't easy. It was coming face to face with a lot of shame around like, Yes, I did go through anxiety. Yes, I went on medication. Those are things that takes a long time for you to actually come to terms with for yourself. And then two, to come to terms with the fact that you're going to share it publicly. That's like a whole nother layer. Um, But I knew early on that if I wanted, I wanted to be valued for like the work that I do with raw, I had to be that example. I couldn't just talk out of my ass like I really did have to show them like you can um so I have and and I did not expect me to be to feel so much liberation from from it which is why honestly this year in particular as you know like I performed on the we all grow stage and previously I had done other I've done other things but obviously by far we all grow was like the biggest audience and like people from all over the world so I would and definitely that was a that was a badass performance by the way I enjoyed, oh, I enjoyed thank that. you yeah it, it was such a thrilling I can't it's I can't describe it it's like a feeling like no other when you you take a stage and I for one was like I'm gonna go because it's an opportunity that doesn't come by that often I'm like I'm gonna go I'm gonna take that stage I'm gonna own it and I'm just gonna like let it all out, you know, and, and I think that's, I hope that's what I did. I think that's what I did. Um, but the point is that I realized this year that there was so much power and liberation that comes with that, that I felt suddenly so much lighter. I felt free. I felt like, what was I worried? Like, what was, why was I so worried that people were going to think I'm crazy because I take medicine? Like, who cares, you know? And so suddenly what felt like such a big monumental sort of weight on your shoulders, it's like not big at all. Like it, it was like insignificant compared to the messages that I received, the, the, like mainly the messages that I was receiving on Instagram. And it, it, I'm like, whoa, like, I did that. I did that for people. I suddenly Mm -hmm. gave people hope. And and not only that, but also I want to do that too. Like, you know, and and so it's began this sort of like curiosity around like women that I was encountering, like, can I do that? And the answer is like, yeah, actually you can, because we all have these stories, you know? Yeah. And is that what ended up getting you to create your academy? Yes, that's exactly what, that's exactly what happened because I have to preface that in the years leading up to this, it really was, I did have, like I wanted to do something like this, but there was a lot of self-doubt that of course, you know, like the whole, um, what is it called? Like, um, imposter syndrome or whatever. Like there's a lot of that. And I think in the beginning of this year, January 1st, I literally had posted about it too. I said, you know what, this is the year I am done making excuses for myself it's the year it's, I am done not investing in myself. I am just so tired of feeling like I'm not enough. Like I actually got tired of feeling like that. So mm-hmm. it was an incredible mind shift that happened earlier in the year, which honestly had a lot to do with all the things that happened at, like immediately after that. Meaning I, you know, I bought my We All Grow ticket. It turns out like I applied for the, for the storyteller 
and I won mm-hmm. and I got reimbursed my tickets plus some. And it was just like, wow, I started like really manifesting a lot of this. And I realized it was that mind shift. It really was. So I knew I was good at storytelling. I've known that for a long time, but it was this year that I've embraced it as a gift that I am meant to share. And so because I had to stay true to that early promise that I did earlier in the year, I'm like, I have to, I have to do this. I can help you. I can help women do this, but also in a way that is also valuing my work, myself, my time and energy and I, and doing it in a formal way so that I feel good as an entrepreneur that I feel like, you know, it's, it's like the energy levels there, meaning mm-hmm. the program that I've developed, it's, it's one that like people pay for because, you know, for the, for the most in the, in the years past, I had helped women here and there informally, of course, for free. And that's totally fine. But it, you come to a point where you have to start valuing your, your energy and your time and your, and your mental capacity and start yeah. valuing in terms of dollar amounts in this case, because you have to make sure that it's worth your time and energy. Of course, as a mom with, you know, raw, and I do have a day job, which is a completely, totally non-related thing, but um, it, it was the year where I'm like, you know, I could totally help women with this. Mm-hmm. I could design a formal program around it. And I know it's going to be successful because I decided that early on. And sure enough, I had basically, I developed a sort of coaching practice, which is separate from my nonprofit. It's separate. It's a way for me to act as a coach, as a guide for women. And I'm like, so I started this summer and I said, you know what, I'm going to test it out at a, like a discounted rate. I had uh, four students and I went into this already knowing it was going to be successful. Like there's no way. Cause I'm like, I'm really good at this. Like, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. It just means that like, no, I really could. Like I, I had this sense of like, I've come to terms with like, yeah, like there's just some things I'm really good at. There's some things that I, you know, we all have strengths and weaknesses, but this is something I'm good at. So mm-hmm. of course, yeah. I mean, they were great. There was, it, it was a lot of learning lessons for me too, of like what works and what doesn't. But for the most part, these women went in there thinking, eh, you know, I don't know if I could perform my story on stage. They all performed it and they all kicked ass and they all left like feeling, wow. Like I, after the first cohort, I'm just like, holy shit. I did <laughs> like, I cannot not do this anymore. Like yeah. not, not, it's not even about like, how do I say it? it's not it's not about the money it's not about like that it's just literally when you see it in your eyes like the trend like the the transformation that happens mm-hmm. it is like that is like the best high I could ever ever go on like when they finally perform and we're getting ready actually my second cohort my fall cohort is about to graduate next Thursday and you know it's yeah that was the, very exciting it's exciting because it's like you you've seen their transformation like before your eyes and you're like still in disbelief that this is what like you've you're literally changing their lives yeah so it's definitely it 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 did start this year as a sort of like a pivotal mind shift that happened and and I'm going with the flow and I think you know I think my goal for next year is just now that I've test tried it now that I know it works let me see what I could really do. Kind yeah. of like, I'm well, just getting started, you know? <laughs> That's one of the one of the questions that I had for you. But before before I ask you that, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things because for those who are listening mm-hmm. and they're like, what what uh, what business is she talking about? So this is your academy called Your Story to Tell. Um, mm-hmm. full disclosure, I signed up this fall. <laughs> I watched 
first of all, I, I saw your talk um, on We All Grow. I think you're a very powerful speaker and the way that you mm-hmm. share a story is very compelling. And I think that when, you know, for someone like myself who is also now at the point where I'm sharing my own story, it was mm-hmm. something that I had a lot of fear, very much like mm-hmm. you were saying, you know, you have this fear of like, what are people going to think or what are people going to say? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do finally share that story, it is like this weight that's lifted. And I think that there is so much power in specifically for the survivor experience to be able to disclose and to be able to tell what happened. There is so much power in sharing that burden in a sense. And, and then when you let it out and you realize that it actually was not as uh, like you, you, you didn't get the response that you thought you were going to get. You usually feel like people are going to judge you and they're going to think mm-hmm. negatively of you. And it, the opposite happens, right? Okay. You get these amazing yes. responses from people who are like, <clears throat> oh my God, thank you so much for sharing that. It helped me in so many ways, right? So I think storytelling is super powerful, which is why I think that you're your business is so amazing to be able to coach women. And, and mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One is that we need to see more Latinas on stages. And I know that mm-hmm. being a Latina, I think that it attracts other Latinas. Not that I'm saying that that's the only people that you would coach, but I think mm-hmm. that it's really powerful. We need to see more Latinas on stages, sharing our stories, sharing our culture, opening up these conversations that are important for others to realize it's, it's a common experience and we all can okay. join together, right? You know, that's one. And then the other one is that when you do share your story publicly, you have to step into your power, right? And, and mm-hmm. to do that is going to allow you to do bigger and bigger things. And, and the more, you know, visibility that we have, I think that, it, you know, as women, as Latinas, as women of color, the more visibility that we have, the more that the world is going to uh, start to take more note, right? Because I think that we are a powerful force. We need more of that visibility. And I think that you being a coach to help women do that, I think is amazing. So number one, kudos to you for this business, your story to tell. And so I mean, of course, you know, post the links for anyone who's interested in learning more about it in the show notes. But I also want to address that you were not being arrogant. I think that it's important (laughs) for all of us to recognize that we do all have gifts and Mm -hmm. when we step into them and we realize that they are helping other people, it's okay to be vocal about it. Right. So Mm -hmm. that was the other thing I just wanted to say. Okay. Well, thank you. (laughs) So tell me, um, you were saying, you know, that you're just getting started. So what is on the horizon now in, in 2020 for your Academy and for raw? Oh yes. And this gets me so excited. So there's a couple things and, and truthfully, I don't, you know, I, I, it's not like I have a clear, clear, uh, like, plan. And that's also very important to note that like, you know what, like it's, I I know that there's so much to do. I also don't know how or what like we're going to do exactly. But for raw, there's a couple of things I've been sort of pulled to sort of do a raw talk somewhere else. Initially, you know, as part of the early business plan, raw was supposed to be mobile early on, like raw talks Fresno, raw talks San Jose. But we didn't do that initially because we realized in order to create a solid reputation, we need to be in a community for a while, which is why we kind of dismissed that idea early on. But I think we've, I think we're good on like, you know, at least my community here knows about us. And 
I think with just the recent connections that I've made with people like yourself, we went in San Diego, for example, or in LA, it just feels like maybe it's a good time to start considering testing one out somewhere else using the same raw sort of like layout and, and like the framework, the framework um, and see how it works, you know, how, how it's uh, received in other places because, you know, obviously every community has different needs. The Central Valley is really different. Central Valley in California, I realized during the East Coast, uh, Central Valley in California is super different than LA completely. They're like two different worlds. Mm. And I imagine that it's very different from other communities as well. So that's one thing that we're exploring. Two, another thing with RAW is that we re- we've been really um, like tempted to create something for younger women, um, like a raw talks youth. I don't know, like something we've been called recently to like, maybe this is something that we should start early on. Mm. Um, there's been in the past, like we've had younger women attend our event and we've always received incredible feedback from like moms. I've had moms and daughters, um, attend like just literally recently I had a mom message me saying and I posted about it too I don't know if you saw it but there was a mom saying that her daughter is in high school she's actually gone to almost every single one every raw talk with her with her mom and she said that she's now thinking about like starting a club at school that focuses on like mental like she wants to create like a a space to talk about mental health she's in high school she's like a uh, a freshman or a sophomore in high school, that kind of impact, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, how do you quantify that? How do you measure that? There's no way. Um, because suddenly she's like, and she said like, you've, she wants to open up these conversations and she wants to open up people's lives the way you have opened hers. And obviously wow. that's like the best compliment ever. Yeah. Right. Cause a lot of this stuff, it's hard to see the real, real impact. Obviously things people move up, like go on in their lives. It's, they're not going to go report to us all the time. You know what I mean? Like right. they'll send us periodic messages, but when we, but we know magic is happening. We just don't know. Obviously like when I, this was beautiful because it's like that reassurance that like, that's, that's why we're doing it. That, yeah. that because we've literally have probably changed some, some young person's life. And now she's thinking about this. So now she's much better prepared to enter like college, you know, and mm-hmm. Had I had something like this when I was that young, there's so much I would do differently, so much, so many situations I would approach differently. So that's one thing. That's for raw. So there might be some kind of youth component in the near future. That's beautiful. Also for for my academy, I think my goal this year was to really test it out just to see, you know, can I really do this? Can it be very effective? Um, Now that I've done it a couple of times, I'm like, okay, how can I offer this to more people and be have it be as impactful so i'm exploring different ways to bring it online somehow there's this component that i'm still kind of working through which is the live performance component obviously if you do the 10 week program you like part of the requirements is that at the end of the 10 weeks you're going to perform on stage you know mm-hmm. so that's like a legit thing so i'm like how can i bring that same level of um, commitment online, right? Like how can I replicate this experience online? So I'm in the, in, in exploring, I am dreaming about certain things, 
but I do expect it to like, how can I scale it online somehow? Right. So that is, that is what I'm doing. And um, working on that. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. And I'm a virtual uh, student of yours, so I can yes. the power of, of uh, how it's helping me learn to tell my stories better. And I'm excited for, for the rest of our work together. So oh, I, I'm, excited I'm excited for you. Too. Yeah, I'm excited for um, both of your projects. I think that they are both very necessary. Like I said, raw is is important for it's all the aspects of those five pillars that you discuss mm -hmm. and how it opens up those conversations, especially in our communities. And in terms of you know your your coaching business, again, like so important to have our voices elevated, visible, and to be able to help you know, women be able to do that is so powerful. There's not enough, I think, women of color in the space doing this work. And for me, I'm one that has always supported, like, you know, if I can support a Latina in business, you know, there may be someone else that's doing it, but if I can support someone who is, you know, my skin tone, who is, you know, mm -hmm. my culture, who... I know is working hard and is delivering amazing uh, products or services. That's who I am going to go for. So I'm super excited that you opened this up. And I know that I kept asking you, I'm like, are you doing this online? Are you doing this online? Yes. And, uh, <clears throat> and when you said that you were, I was like, sign me up. So I'm oh. excited for this for you for 2020. Um, I love everything that you're doing. And I just want to thank you for the work that uh, you continue to do because I know that it's not always the easiest. And you talk about that, like we, you just did recently um, a We All Grow webinar. Yes. Talked about how telling your story is not always the easiest thing. Mm -hmm. And it, it requires vulnerability and yeah. that is, you know, that requires courage. So, right. you know, cheers to you for, for the courage that you've had to be able to do both of these. And, you know, I'm excited for all that you have ahead. So... I just want to thank you so much. How can people find out more about you and learn about Raw and learn about your story to tell Academy? Hi, Rosalia. I, so before I, I share the links and all that, I want to thank you because I've also been following your work and um, it, it's been a pleasure working with you, obviously, um, on one-on-one, -on -one, but even uh, outside of that, I know that you are going full on into... Um, developing uh, consent parenting and you know about consent which is your podcast and it takes like you said courage and so I want to thank you because I know that you'll be touching a lot of women and impacting a lot of women through your work so the feelings are mutual and I know that we will continue to um, even beyond our one-on-ones but continue to touch bases on you know in different points of our lives I, I could definitely see that so thank you for that and it's been a pleasure to share this platform with you um and yeah much success to both of us right like yeah that's that's, that's my hope people can find me on well on instagram so at the raw network which is raw with two w's and also on instagram ystt academy that's the it's the brand new like Instagram so that the, I don't have a lot of following there, but obviously, you know, you can follow me there. Our website for raw is the raw And that is raw with two W's and your story to tell.org. I love it. Yeah. And so, like I said before, I will definitely link up everything in the show notes uh, so that you can follow and connect. Um, do you have a newsletter? 
that people can uh, subscribe to? Yeah, so I used to, there's two. If you go on the, uh, our website for RAW, you can sign up there. It's probably the easiest way. Okay. And also for the, you can go to the Your Story to Tell Academy website and you can um, sign up for a newsletter there. And yeah, that's where I'll, I'll announce, you know, if, when I have openings for, for the new cohort or virtual openings, you'll find out Perfect. all that there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and I do enjoy following you on uh, Instagram as well. So if anyone wants to connect with you, they can also DM you and, and for sure. more, right? Awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so very much for being here today. I really enjoyed learning more about the birth of Raw and mm-hmm. how, um, you know, you work with, with your story to tell. Um, this is just something that truly is going, is continuing. I shouldn't say is going to, but it is continuing to change women's lives. And so I encourage anyone who's listening to check her out and uh, we will definitely, most definitely stay connected. I would love to have you back on next year or actually I'm, I'm probably, when you're listening to this, maybe already 2020. So I would love to have you back uh, as your projects evolve and to learn about what else you have going on. If you do open up uh, raw, raw youth. I think that's a beautiful, right? yeah. beautiful development of that organization. So thanks again for being here. And to all the listeners, thank you so much. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Don't miss the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I would be so grateful if you took one minute to post a five-star rating and reviews on iTunes so that others can also find this information. I will be shouting you out and thanking you on the next episode. If you found this useful, be sure to share it with others as well. Let's continue to create consent culture, one conversation at a time. Stay empowered.